The CLNS Media Network is powered by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Once again, recapping on the Bolden front, and I'll give you guys kind of a programming update too. We're going to talk here a little bit about this, see if we catch an injury, uh, injury update on what's going on uh, with, uh, with Isaiah Bolden. We will talk about the game as far as what went on there, and again, I'm sure you watched. Um, you got a few series out of Mac and the starters. Uh, once again, you're without Cole Strange, you're without Michael Onwenu, um, so you know your offensive line is not intact. You had um, uh, Trent Brown start, but play very little here for the Patriots, uh, and so you know you didn't get to see a ton there. Um, it was he made a couple plays when he was in there. He definitely cleared some space on a nice Ramondre Stevenson run in the first quarter. Uh, took a false start penalty early. Might have been first snap of the game actually. Uh, but he's got to play his way kind of into game shape. It was good to get him out there to do some stuff. Um, so that's good there. Um, Mac actually looked pretty decent uh, for whatever time he had. He was able to step up in the in the pocket and 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 do some things uh, and. I thought actually looked all right, and uh, it, but it's just impossible to judge uh, what he's got uh, when you're playing behind an O line like that. Um, most of the game after that was kind of you know second team uh, situations with Zappy coming in there. Some interesting stuff to talk about regarding Zappy as well in the Zappy led offense. A lot of people want to see Malik Cunningham get into the game and play quarterback. That did not happen, but Malik Cunningham did get in the game and do a lot of different things. Uh, and so, Taylor, let me check in on you again. How are you doing? Yeah, I think I should be better. I didn't have the right attachment. I'm still backing from Green Bay. So, yeah, I think this should be better. Good. Yeah, you you sound much better there. So, um, so Sorry, yeah. Everybody. No. Um, so, again, as we said, we're, we're, we're waiting on word to hear, see if we hear anything about uh, Isaiah Bolden. Uh, and we'll bring that information to you as soon as possible. Uh, in the meantime, getting into the game a little bit here, Taylor, um, you know, with the competitive practices that you saw, the joint practices, and Taylor was in Green Bay for a couple of days, uh, along with Amit, following the practices, a couple things happened here. One, Patriots had a good competitive day on Thursday. Um, that, that second practice, a lot of people, you know, Taylor included, I think, kind of said that was might have been Max best overall practice of the summer um, mm -hmm. and one of the best the best the team has looked, uh, you know, in a, in a competitive environment. Um, so that might have meant you might not have seen them or seen much of them to play in the game. And, and they did get out there. And I think part of that is to try to get game speed. But again, you're playing behind you know, two-fifths of an offensive line, maybe, not even. Trent Brown barely played. One development on the offensive line, we did see Taylor Riley Reef apparently is no longer a tackle, uh, which isn't a terrible thing. Um, and he got kicked inside. He started the game at guard. But, you know, what did you see out of that first-team offense with the caveat that there's no time, there's not a lot of time, that pocket's collapsing quick. Even when he made throws, he had to get them off, you know, quick. You had – one sack where he got eaten alive, and that was Stuber coming in on the left side, uh, in for uh, Trent Brown. Uh, you know, he was, you know, that was, you know, DOA uh, as far as that one goes. One that might have been maybe he held it a tick too long, or it was a coverage sack again. You know, it closed quick, but it wasn't as bad as that. But almost all of it, he had to, he had to move around in the pocket a lot to make some of his throws, and I thought did all right. Yeah, I think this is what we've seen from Mac 
in the joint practices, like even the first practice, you know, we all say that the second one was good. I didn't think he was bad in the first joint practice. I thought it was just the same thing we've been seeing as pressure. Didn't really have time to go downfield, and I think that affected a lot of people's perception because there was a lot of dinking and dunking and uh, not a lot of explosive plays. And then in the second practice, you saw he finally uncorked one of Devontae Parker, and that was kind of what I think changed a lot of people's perceptions. But I thought what we saw today was pretty much what we've seen. Kendrick Bourne and Camp has been money on those slants. We saw the RPO slant to convert a second and 11. We saw a dig completion where Matt, there was a free rusher because looked like Mafi and uh, Stuber had trouble picking up a stunt. And Matt got leveled. Free rusher got a clean hit at him. And he still put it up there and let Kendrick Bourne get a chance at it. Um, so I thought he'd had a really good performance. It was good to see Kendrick Bourne get involved as well. He's someone who has been kind of inconsistent in camp. It's He's had his flashes for sure. And it's not like he hasn't you know been contributing at all. But it was nice to see Matt kind of lock in on him and see Kendrick Bourne kind of do well in that capacity. Um, there was the one throw, like his incompletions even, weren't really bad. There was the play to Devontae, Devontae Parker, a uh, play action, the deep shot, where again, he took a hit and it looked like the ball went through Devontae Parker's hands. At first, I thought that he was just barely out of reach, but I think it was actually a good throw. Um, he had the throw to Hunter Henry, where I think it was a miscommunication, where yeah, he thought Henry right. was going to be more outside. He threw it up the seam, and Henry mm -hmm. was looking the other direction. Definite right. miscommunication. Not sure it was on. That was pretty well designed there because you saw the coverage kind of both of them, uh, you know, uh, bit and went over towards the, uh, you know, the receiver running a, you know, running a go, and Henry was yeah. wide open on the seam, so he did miss. That was a miss. I don't. Yeah, it's hard to say who that was on. Yeah, and then the there Parker was another one too. When you watch that again, you mm -hmm. watch that a couple of times, it really was a money throw. It looked like Parker. Like, I, Alligate didn't quite go full for it. It looked mm -hmm. like it was within his reach. I mean, just, you know, he he didn't really extend for it. It looks like he, you know, he might have even hitched, you know, a little bit. Uh, that throw was pretty solid for, you know, you know getting downfield, um, you know, for a guy who's, uh, you know, who's always going to be kind of sort of covered, you know, like he, he had him there. So that was a yeah. good throw, I thought. And then the other incompletion was a batted pass where, again, it looked like Kendrick Bourne got wide open on slant. It was on the money. It was a great read by the safety. So, yeah, I mean, that's what we've seen from Mac is the offensive line doesn't look good, but he's been putting it on his receivers. He's been accurate. Um, downfield, I think the only really times he's been inconsistent are some of the fades in the uh, red zone. But for the most part, he's been accurate throughout camp. And Bill O'Brien said the winner of this job is going to be the guy who's most consistent. Now, to be fair, Bailey Zappi hasn't really been given him much competition to begin with. Uh, but we've also seen that Mac every single day looks like a clear-cut starting quarterback. And, you know, hopefully the offensive line can get it together once Cole Strange is back. I think they're just being conservative <clears throat> with him. On Wenu, I think, is probably going to miss some time to start the year because um, I haven't really heard any updates on him. He's been around, which is a good sign. Real quick, let me give yes. a let me just give a quick uh, update from the Patriots have just sent um, uh, a uh, an update on on um, on Isaiah Bolden. Uh, Bolden, uh, the Patriots said that cornerback Isaiah Bolden sustained an injury during the fourth quarter of tonight's game. He had feeling in all his extremities, but has been taken to a local hospital for further tests and observations. So that's the first, that's, that's the first checked box there, um, uh, which is good, but obviously, you know, um, you know, awaiting, you know, more word, but that's, that's definitely, you know, uh, some good news there. So, uh, again, more updates as we have them, but yeah, continue on here. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I'm kind of just going on, but yeah, Mac has been good. Um, I thought it was a continuation of what we've seen in camp and 
uh, I was talking about the offensive line. You hope that that gets figured out. Like I said, Cole Strange is probably going to be coming back week one. I think they're just being cautious with him. Uh, Mike and Wenu could miss some time, although he's been at practices and you've seen him around. So that's a positive I'm more sign. worried about Strange than on Wenu at this point. I think you've seen on Wenu. We haven't even seen Strange since he but went down. I saw Strange right after that injury. Like he was exploding. He was in his pass sets. He was pulling. Uh, so that one seems more like they're being very, very careful with him. Um, we saw them be cautious with Trent Brown as well. I don't know what he was dealing with exactly, but it took a while for him to start getting involved. And he was out even longer or before Cole Strange was. Um, so yeah, I, I think if the offensive line gets it together, this is going to be a more formidable Patriots passing offense than a lot of people are, uh, maybe assuming a lot of that goes to Bill O'Brien, but I think a lot of that also goes to Mac buying into this new system and doing well there. Um, but yeah, it was a good performance from him. Saw some people on Twitter didn't think so. I don't really know what they were watching necessarily. I, I don't know. Just it's Twitter, you know. No, everybody's on, gonna... on, on, on which on which player? Oh no, Mac. I, just people saying that they didn't think he had a good night, but I thought he was putting the ball where it needed to be. I he was Mac... in versus pressure. Like I don't know what else you wanted from him. I thought that. Mac did as much as he could have possibly done tonight. I'm not yeah. a, uh, I, you know, I I think it's very convenient to blame the O line every single time a quarterback struggles, mm-hmm. uh, but. In this case, this game and last, which Mac did not play, it's really hard to assess what, if anything, is going on with the Patriots offense, whether, you know, what O'Brien's doing is going to work, whether it's even going to matter. Um, it, it turns out you really need, you know, a good old line in football. Who knew? And you definitely need tackles. And they've basically been playing with no, no basically no tackles they're not playing with nfl caliber tackles at well, trent brown is pretty damn yeah good. but he hasn't played played like two five snaps tonight you know what i mean it's like i mean to be fair he threw somebody down it was pretty sick on the play did. where i he, think he got hit by city so you see on the other side of the line trent took somebody and threw him to the ground i'm just saying left side's good as long as trent's there it, that what i'm yeah, saying right is, is you've barely seen trent brown all i'm saying is you're counting on a guy who's difficult to count on and certainly he's solid uh in in that role if he can you know play and be healthy and make it through a season. But it's a, I mean, what we've seen for the majority of two preseason games is very little, uh, you know, starting caliber tackle play from this team. And that's going to be a problem uh, if they don't figure that out. It's going to be a problem no matter what on the right side. Um, You know, you hope one of the, maybe, you know, a rookie or someone can kind of morph into that role, or you might just be desperate and have to kick on Wenu back out to the right, just out of necessity. And that's worked in the past. And I wouldn't be stunned if that's what ends up happening, even though um, he's so good where, where, you know, in his more natural position, but yeah, it, it, it's been rough. It's really hard to assess what's going on with this team. Uh, but yeah, they did have the slants going, you know, that little game. And you think that's what they're going to run. I'm glad this wasn't just all screens like we saw in game one, uh, which was a bummer and kind of depressing. Cause that to me was like borderline capitulation. Like, Hey, we know we can't protect. So we're just going to have to run this kind of stuff all season long. They're building. Um, they're building, they're building. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. And, and you know, you're happy to see some, positive movement uh taking a couple of shots downfield and being able to hit a couple of passes but again impossible just impossible to really get a good sense of what these guys are capable of doing until you have an entire healthy offensive line and then see how they do there yeah that's fair that's That's fair fair. um well speaking of health we're going to get to the guys on the field who did do well uh there was a little report on uh taekwon thornton um i guess got 
dinged up a little bit Thursday, Taylor. Is that correct? Yeah, so he had a really great catch, actually. He got behind Green Bay's secondary a couple times in the first joint practice. There was one I think they didn't see him, and the other time he got overthrown. This time, Matt completed it. It was a bit further than it probably should have been. He had to extend for it. Looked like he fell on his shoulder, went to the sideline, and got checked out by trainers, didn't play anymore after that. So it seems like that's an issue for him. And you hate to see it for a guy who it feels like every time he makes a good play, something happens. Like he hurts something, he gets dinged up, he misses time, especially for a guy who has ground to make up. Now, he has been in the rotation more with Mac Jones. He and Pop definitely were mixing in with Mac, and that was kind of the case towards in the past few practices uh, back in Foxborough and was in the case in the joint practices against the Packers. But Kayshawn Booty, you know, play he made today, he's a guy who he's not consistent, but Taekwon isn't consistent either. And Booty's flashing pretty consistently and gives you something to get excited about that you could build off of. So I'm not saying that, you know, they're going to give up on Taekwon anytime soon. He's a second round pick. But at the same time, it's tough when you consistently have a guy who has so much talent and shows you flashes, but can't stay on the field. So, so, yeah, you've, we've got a problem here officially, uh, and it's early in his career, but this is officially a problem. Um, you know, y- y- you really don't want to be that guy known as, uh, as, as you, know, you know, made of glass here, but obviously he had a collarbone situation, um, you know, and some people are just – some people's bodies simply aren't made for this. Um, it is like getting in car crashes left and right, you know. I mean, you're getting yeah. – we don't know if Thornton's one of those guys yet. It could just be fluky. But, you know, he starts another year with another injury, just kind of doing normal football things. And, again, we're talking about playing X receiver here. You're not talking about being in the trenches. All You're talking about basically trying to survive a summer where you go through about four padded practices, you know, through the whole thing. They're not in the grind yet. This isn't the full speed of full contact having to – you know, put your body on the line and take big shots and on, uh, you know, on, on regular season Sundays, he's just getting hurt doing regular stuff. He, and he, you know, he's just can't get on the field. That's not great. And even when he was on the field, there was questions whether or not he was far enough along in his development in his second year. And you're seeing what seems to be pretty clear. Demario Douglas has blown by him on the depth chart, clearly into that number four spot. And now you've got Butte coming in tonight and making a couple of plays and flashing. I mean, I, we might've joked about this a little bit, but this about a Foxborough flu situation with Tyquan Thornton. But if he's hurt a little bit here, I would not be shocked at all if he starts on IR to, you know, designated to return again this season. Well, it's tough because if they put him on IR before the season, he's done for the entire season. Yeah, exactly. So, and I talked about this with Alex Barth where he made a good point where you're kind of, you're balancing two players who need to have big seasons in terms of growth. It's Mac and it's Taekwon. Now, Kayshawn Booty, if he's someone who can contribute. No, he'd have to make it out of camp and then he'd have to be uh, placed on, he'd have to be placed on it after, correct? If if he's placed on, uh, I believe it's if he's placed on IR before the start of the season, then he's done for the season. Right. If they put him on the 53 and then put him on, they can designate in a return. Which is what they would try to do. Right. Yeah. Um, And, you know, now, especially with the, the, there's a clear sign that special teamers may not have as much of a place on this roster as they used to. Or anywhere in the goals. NFL. Stop drafting them. I mean, I mean yeah. I mean, like, I don't think Matt Slater's not going anywhere. Brendan Schooler's not going anywhere. Yeah. I feel like Jordan Helix is a guy who's going to take over for Slater, but may end up just like IR for the season. I mean, he's not even on the team right now, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, but if there's extra slots, I could see them maybe kicking secrets, keeping six receivers um, to try to sneak Taekwon Thornton in and maybe get him back later in the season. 
But at the same time, like he's, he's more grounded and needs to catch up. And if he's week to week, how many weeks is that? That's if he ends up missing two weeks, then that's more time for yeah. Keyshawn Booty. Uh, Demario Douglas is on the team. You've seen it in the way he's used. You've seen it in the way that he was involved in two minute drills, the last practice in Foxborough. He doesn't play in the preseason. They have a role in for him clearly. Um, so that's he's already what fifth at best on the depth chart as a second round pick. And I, I mean, maybe Juju, you know, he kind of slots into his playing time, although they play different roles just in terms of like how you get these guys yeah. in the rotation. It's, there's not a clear path for him on the field, again, as a guy who's drafted pretty highly. So it's just you really hate to see it for a guy who is talented, but obviously like, physically he may not be an NFL caliber player because he can't hold up. Yeah, and I, I don't know. That's what kind of came out before the game. Um, as far as the receivers go, uh, you saw what we saw out of Bourne, which was nice. Uh couple of those slants. One of them he had to go up and – he had one ball he had to go up and get. Yeah. Make a tough contested catch, which is great. Um, again, an absolute mystery what happened to him last year because, you know, in a team that's so lacking in playmakers, uh, he is a guy who has shown uh, in the past that he can make plays. So, again, you definitely want him to be involved. Uh, I'd like to see Juju do something. Uh, I know it was just a few, a few snaps, but even through camp, um, you know, if you're talking about who's opening eyes in camp practices, you're certainly uh, – it seems like the most consistent, clear starting wide receiver has been Devontae Parker throughout um, yeah. throughout camp uh, from what we've seen and what a lot of people like yourself have reported when you've been down there. Um, Demario Douglas has been the most eye-popping in general just because of his quickness and his shiftiness and making a bunch of plays. Um, born is born. Uh, and just not hearing a lot about Juju yet. Mm-hmm. I just think that's his role in this offense because you to saw do what no- the Chiefs to do nothing. <laughs> Funny, you put no. it on it <laughs> because a with, the, with the Chiefs last season, some of his bigger <laughs> plays, like you saw him. Because I, okay, so I was saying that when they didn't sign DeAndre Hopkins, I thought Juju could fill a similar role because both of those guys were lining up outside and they weren't burning anybody deep, but they were catching back shoulder fades. With the Patriots, Kendrick Bourne is their other outside receiver. It's Devontae Parker and it's Kendrick Bourne. Juju's their slack guy. Operating in the He's slot, not right. a natural separator, I don't think. So where you're going to see his action is against zone coverage or, or like against when they go in stacks or bunch formations where he's protected from getting bumped or tight coverage and they can kind of get him open and manufacture things for him. He can find that soft spot in zones, which is where you saw him succeed when they played the Packers in the second joint practice. He had a couple of big receptions. That's his role. And I think – that's more going to be one of those things where he's high volume. He's a chain mover. Um, and yeah, we haven't seen that yet, but I also think that he's a veteran. Like he is what he is at this point in his career. It's not like Juju's going to be, you know, a, a totally different guy. You know, he's just a solid player. And I've been saying he and Demario Douglas are going to be thunder and lightning out of the slot because Juju's the big guy. He can make contested catches. He'll break a tackle against bad tackling teams uh, because he's a physical guy, but he's not going to shake you. Demario Douglas is the guy who's going to shake you, who's going to get those cool plays after the catch where it's not just bad tackling, it's because he's genuinely difficult to tackle. He's going to be that guy, and I think as the season goes on, I wouldn't be surprised if by midseason you see Demario is really the guy where on third downs, if they play a lot of man, you see him getting more reps than you do against Juju, who I think is more of a zone beater and a chain mover than anything else. So I, I understand it's concerning, and that makes perfect sense, but also like he's a veteran receiver. These guys, It's not concerning. You just – you know, training camp and preseason, you want to hear as much good as possible. You yep. don't want to hear any bad. And hearing nothing sometimes means nothing. But mm. it's a new 
signing, you replaced a very reliable guy who you would never not hear from in a game. That's the thing is you replaced a guy who was going to always show up on the score sheet on the stat sheet because he was reliably a guy you could throw the ball to uh, and would get open despite not having very good speed, despite not being a great run after catch guy. He was just a dependable receiver. So you at least need to replace that. You're not looking for where you're not trying to make Juju into something he's not. You just want to see him doing the things that he's supposed to be doing. Fair, but Jacoby was also literally their only receiver for two years. Yeah. So now you got Devontae well, Parker. they had Parker really, last year. Yeah, when he was there. And, they like, had, and now they you had have Devontae Bourne. Parker's looking more consistent. Kendrick Bourne disappeared because he was in the doghouse last season. He flashed under Josh McDaniels, and we're saying, okay, big year two in the system, and then he disappeared. Now you're saying, okay, Devontae Parker is their top dog. Kendrick Bourne is showing that he can also contribute. Hunter Henry is being used better schematically, and we're seeing in practices that he's a legitimate red zone threat. He's good down the seams. Mike Gesicki is another guy who, you know, he's not going to create separation like Jacoby Myers, but he's someone with a massive catch radius you could throw to him, and even though he's not open, he's always open. So, no, I don't think that Joe Juju is going to be Jacoby. I don't think anyone expected that because he's not the same separator. He's more of a yak guy than a separator guy but now I think they've got a much better complement of receivers where you don't need necessarily that juju you need different guys you can rely on so the offense can't just hone in on Jacoby Myers and say all right we're taking away your crossing routes and your corner routes now what are you going to do because last season they couldn't really do anything now there's much more guys and again Demario was someone I really think is the needle mover for this offense because they don't have a lot of natural separators Kendrick Bourne looks like he might be that guy but Demario is the guy where legitimately if you put him in a phone booth he's going to win consistently I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, That's what I'm going to do. You say, what are you going to do? I'm going to ask you a question, and I want you to answer honestly about Demario Douglas. We're going to get into the rookies in a little bit. But first off, uh, we're going to tell the folks at home about FanDuel. And again, you're obviously watching this, and you're probably sick of preseason. You can't wait for the NFL season to really get started. Um, And, you know, same thing with us and same same thing with FanDuel. Football season is about to kick off and FanDuel is going to give you the chance to win all season long. It's America's number one sports book. And it is the official uh, wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. So uh, what's the deal you can get in here? Well, all you have to do is you bet you pick your Super Bowl winner, and every time you bet on them during the year, you get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season, which is pretty cool. Um, so you pick the Pats to win the Super Bowl. That means you'll get bonus bets for each of the five games they win this year. Um, did I get any reaction out of you? Nothing? I, I When you said Patriots on the Super Bowl, I was like, <laughs> that might be a little much. <laughs> the, um So uh, you can use those bonus bets on anything that you want here. Spreads, player props, over-unders, whatever you want there. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Boston. Once again, that is FanDuel.com slash Boston uh, to cash in on that offer. Uh, We do need to tell you you need to be 21 and present in Massachusetts to take advantage of the offer. The first online wager has to be a real money wager. A $10 deposit is required. Your bonus bets would be issued to you as non-withdrawable. Uh, bonus bets expire in seven days. You can get uh, restrictions do apply. Just see the terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Uh, and any sort of issues here with gambling, hope is here. Go to gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Now let's get a little bit into um, into our guy, Demario. Um, you know, he doesn't start, obviously, because he's not, you know, in that 
set. You know, you know, your Parker, Bourne, and and Juju are clearly your 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 top three when you're going three receivers here. Um, and you don't see much of him early. And the second he takes the field, bang bang, he makes plays instantly. Um, so I'll just ask you outright, like, let's be real, like, what can he be? Like, what can he be? Like, can he be? Can he? Can he? Can he push one of those guys out? Can he? Should he? Uh, he already you know. started to. It, so this is, and I, I may be like dragging this a little bit, but I thought it was significant because you don't usually see rookies participate in two minute drills because this is that two minute drills are a specific situation that you rep in practice and you don't usually substitute. Like um, the Super Bowl against the Seahawks, one of the biggest issues or talking points was the fact that Chris Matthews, that gigantic receiver who was just popping off against Logan Ryan, he couldn't be on the field during the two-minute drill because he didn't practice it. And that's a very, Those are very valuable reps. We saw the last practice in Foxborough. Demario Douglas was on the field before Juju Smith-Schuster, or instead of Juju Smith-Schuster, Kendrick Bourne and Devontae Parker were on the outside, and Demario saw three of Mac's first four throws. Now, that tells me that they say, okay, this is the guy who's going to create the separation for us. Like, if it's man coverage, he's going to win because he's very difficult to keep up with. One, because he's undersized and he's quick. It's hard to even get hands on him. But if you get some size and you can lean on him, he's really good at using head fakes and using kind of leverage to make you think he's going one way and break the other. We've seen right. it with Marcus Jones. He's probably the best physical fit to defend someone like Demario Douglas, and he hasn't been able to do it. And Marcus Jones is a very good corner who had a good season last year. It's just his size was the issue. So I think we're already seeing hints. And not only that, but like it's right there, two snaps, two targets. They're not putting him in these games because I think they don't want him. One, they don't want him to get hurt. And I think that they trust that, you know, they want these guys to get reps with the starters. But you see that Demario usually after like, a drive or a few reps, even in practice, where you got Juju, KB, and Devontae, your established veterans, they make an effort to put Demario in there. And when he's in there, he's contributing. He's either in motion as that jet sweep guy. Uh, you see him in uh, is the bubble motion where he throw him screens. Like when he's on the field, he's getting the ball. This isn't like a Trey Nixon or a, Ki a Christian Wilkerson. And I know a lot of people have compared it to that where they're saying, oh, I don't want to get my hopes up because we've had these, you know, late round picks, undrafted guys. We get excited about them and then we never hear anything. I'm telling you, I did not think much of Nixon or Wilkerson in terms of like, oh, they're going to contribute. It wasn't even close. No. It wasn't even close. Those were those were cute preseason storylines. Exactly. You do get the feeling this is not a like I'm not an overhyped guy. I, mm. I, 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 I straight eye test from the training camp practices I went to and then from what we've seen you know uh, tonight and, and and just you know in, in, you know he just he looks the part right he looks and real in college it's like you know if you didn't know if you didn't attach too often I mean we're it's the reverse Thornton in this case you're attaching you're, you're qualifying what they can and can't do based off of draft slot um yeah. and it is weird where someone who could come in and instantly be you know uh, an impact player for you would be available that, you know, in the sixth round of, uh, of the NFL draft. And how does everybody miss that? But how does tank Dell fall to the third or the fourth, where, wherever round that he goes in and he looks like he might be wide receiver one in Houston. Again, you don't know when the season opens up, uh, that might not be the case and it might go back to it. Yeah. But we don't know. You know, I'm just kidding. I love tank. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you don't know, but we don't know. Uh, but in this case, it does look like it, it's totally, I'm glad you brought those others up. It's totally different from the, oh, could it be sort of thing with Nixon or whatever. It's, it's totally different.
Yeah. And the last time I got excited about a late round or undrafted guy or, you know, someone in this ilk, it was Jacoby Myers. Cause I watched his college film and I was like, Oh no, this guy's a baller. Like yeah. it's not just, Oh, like a pretty fade, which is Trey Nixon. It's like all of his catches were fades against off coverage. Like that doesn't really translate to the league. It wasn't a lot of tape where you're saying, okay, I can see how this is going to happen on Sundays. Jacoby was making a lot of contested catches, really great adjustments, good routes. And you're like, yeah, no, this will work on Sundays. DeMario was the same way. The elusiveness, the quickness, the burst, the route running. I was shocked when I saw him as a route runner watching tape because you look at him and you're like, all right, you know, this guy may be fast, quick, whatever. It's like, no, this is genuinely Zay Flowers light. And he's light just because he's even smaller than Zay Flowers, which is why he fell. I think he was even saying it's like freshman year at Liberty. He was 140 pounds. Like, Yeah, those kinds of guys, you get that reputation for being really small and your stock drops. But then you saw he put on, I think, 20 pounds from like the end of his college season to now. Like the guys, 190 is where at an NFL level, when you're 5'9, you can actually compete. You don't have to be afraid of the guy getting blown up and missing time. Like he's actually got good muscle and he didn't lose any of the quickness or speed. So I really do think he can be your, I'm not saying he is Julian Edelman, but in terms of, or like I wrote the piece on uh, CLNS about how I thought he could be similar to Danny Amendola as that slot guy who, yeah, he's undersized, but he separates. He's good after the catch and he's very dependable. So yeah, I, I think that Juju may not be the kind of, um, needle mover that you want, especially considering he was slated to replace Jacoby Myers. But I think with what you got with Myers in terms of that dependability and separation, that's what you get from Douglas. But you also get legitimate home run speed and much better elusiveness. Yeah. And so, like, you're just dying for something there, right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's for somebody who can make plays. Yeah. You know, and that's what you want to see there. So, um, you know, really good there. And then then you got Butte. And again, you know, uh, I, you know, I know we retweeted from our Patriots account a clip that you had put up uh, of Butte when they, you know, uh, that might have been that was pre-draft, right? Yeah, when you were it was. just you were, when you were just looking at him in April, um, and you know, caught a slant, took it to the house, uh, and that's what he did here. Just boom, got it and gone. Uh, you know, looked great there. Forty-two yard TD catch, added another one there. Also involved. This is a guy who, you know, just in terms of camp maybe started a tad slow and then really started to have put some days together um, as we got into like week two and week three. And now is starting to look also like someone who let's not overdo it and say like, Oh, you're going to throw him right in there and he's going to be something right away. But he is now starting to look like someone who I don't think the Patriots can slide to a practice uh, squad anymore. Definitely not. And And so that, that I think that's out the window. I think your, your, your six receivers or, you know, five and a, and a, and a you know, you're, you, or you got to get creative. Yeah. Cause I mean, the young, the thing about this roster is the older guys aren't super explosive. Like Devontae Parker can win deep, but he's not like catching the ball and then running in for a touchdown the way you'd expect from like a Taekwon Thornton. Demario gives you that more of as like a slot guy. You can put him outside, but you don't want him to live outside. He's probably gonna be there like 25, 30% of the time. Kayshawn Booty is more of that Z where, yeah, you don't really want him at X against, unless it's against certain matchups where you're confident that he could beat somebody in press. But is that Z where sometimes you get a little, little more cushion, make his life a little easier in terms of not having to deal with that tight coverage. 
he can win, especially against off coverage. And the slant, as soon as I saw him catch that slant and run it in, I was like, this is literally the play where he beat Emmanuel Forbes, who was taken before Christian Gonzalez. Need I remind everyone? Um, like, Kayshawn Booty's got that explosiveness. Not necessarily downfield. You're not going to see him win on fades or, you know, he's not a burner by any means. But when he gets the ball in his hands, he's got that Kendrick Bourne effect where he just hits a different gear than he does when he doesn't have it in his hands. And he can run away from a secondary. Now, I will say the safety took a terrible angle. Uh, when he was coming up to tackle, which made it a little bit easier. But at the same time, you saw that juice. And like you said, the issue with uh, Booty has more been that he hasn't been consistent. It's like you see him make a couple great catches, but you don't – it's not the same way where DeMario, if he's on the field, you probably know he's going to make a good play. Sometimes Booty's really quiet. But when you hear his name, it's usually because he's doing something nuts. So it, you're going to have to be more patient with him, but he's a guy that I would love to see work in the system, gain confidence, because I think next year, obviously Kendrick Bourne's a free agent. Uh, Juju's probably going to be here. But I, I really think if you get Booty and DeMario year two in this system, the compliment with Devontae Parker, that's a really, really fun offense. I think Kendrick Bourne is going to be a guy who steps up and really is a solid wide receiver two, three-ish for them. Uh, but yeah, Booty, just a really exciting player. And he's in a good position where he doesn't have to be the guy early on. He can be the fifth receiver on the depth chart, you know, even if that is jumping Tyquan Thornton. And you mix him in sometimes, let him succeed in a position where he does his thing like on those slants on some screens where he can work in space and just see what you got it was it was exciting man again you want to see more consistency from him but the flashes are awesome yeah and again it's because this isn't look i mean this is you and i have sparred over this before i'll just be dead honest about it it's because the patriots receivers are so uninspiring you know like it's it fine like Guys who can't who can't beat you deep and who can't really separate and you know are pros and like you know can can you know can you know get some contested balls or you know maybe are good you know uh, after the catch or blah blah blah. It's just playmakers. You need playmakers. And so if you see guys make plays like like Douglas has throughout camp and then Butte did tonight, that gets you a little bit excited. So you know you think any Patriots fan out there would be super bummed out if those two guys, you know, rose up the depth chart and started eating away at the playing time of the, no, not at all. Those are be, Bob. be thrilled, you know? And so I think that's what people want to see. It's somebody come save us, you know, because again, we'll, we'll go back to it. I mean, yes. If the Patriots hit here with these receivers, great. They, they, they got away with it, but the Patriots absolutely should have addressed tackle and receiver early in the draft because they're big, glaring, gaping needs on this team. So if they get away with it here and they found two gems late in the draft, great. I'd rather the Patriots put their money into the late guys because apparently that's the only place they can hit a home run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're, you're going to miss on every first and second rounder. Uh, let's, let's, let's go around the horn. Let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, we did not see what was funny is, not funny, it was interesting. Keon White was definitely like the defensive story of uh, preseason game one. Uh, mm-hmm. Didn't see uh, him much uh, tonight or – I mean, how much did it looked we like see? He, it looked like he got banged up in the last practice. He was on and the so sideline. Was he just held out? Yeah. I have a feeling, and he's so good. I don't – yeah. I don't, I don't think either. he played at all. Gonzalez yeah. played deep into the game. Um, even when they lifted a lot of starters, they kept um, some of their starting defensive secondary in there. Jones was in there a bit. Gonzalez stayed in. Jalen Mills was in there. Um, I know, like – 
there was back-to-back plays there with Christian Gonzalez where he gets the DPI, and I know how you oh, feel about it because I, I agree. So I agree stupid. there too. It was so um, stupid. <laughs> gets a DPI, which I actually thought was a positive play because, as you know, as you pointed out, you know, he kind of bit on a fake, recovered pretty quick, and played that pretty clean. Um, and really, an underthrow, underthrown ball is the only reason he makes contact with the receiver, not because he did anything wrong there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he's playing really, really, really soft zone near the end of the half there, and allows. Uh, a yeah. catch in front of him where it looks like he's nowhere near the guy. And then the yeah. Patriots broadcast did him no favors on the touchdown to Reed, uh, where it was Sean Wade in coverage. For some reason, they ISOed on Gonzalez for eight seconds after. I was it. Like, so confused. I was like, like wait, what? <laughs> Like, he missed it. So if you're watching from home, there might be some things that you saw and be like, wow, I think Gonzalez didn't have a good game. Uh, what did you think of his performance tonight and just overall? Because, again, there's so much talk around him, Taylor, about like, it, does he have enough dog in him? Does he, can he, can he be that guy? I mean, whether he can or can't, he is that guy for this team. He's starting as CB1 and he's going to be out there. I don't know if they're going to put him on an island against the top guys or not, but he is going to start at cornerback for this team, ready or not. So, like, how ready is he? Yeah, I think he's fine. Like yeah. there was again, the pass interference play was a terrible call. But you love this. It's good that it's preseason and it doesn't count. You know, it, it doesn't affect them. But you like to see that on tape because yeah, he bit, but he got right back into position. And you saw with Isaiah Bolden, there was the play that he allowed. It was a great catch by Romeo Dobbs, and the ball kind of floated. I do want to give him some credit there because. I think it was just kind of tough for him to read what exactly was going on. But you saw he got a little panicky at the top of the route. Didn't really know when exactly to turn it looked like. Gonzalez, smooth. As soon as he got back in position, he turns around and gets in position to make it was a play very on the ball smooth. so he didn't yeah. get interfered with. Um, and then there was that one play that he allowed. That's just that's a coaching moment. You know, he did a speed turn where I didn't think he really needed to. I thought maybe if he just kind of got back into his pedal – and went downhill, it would have been a little more competitive. But I'm not really too worried about that. You know, you'd rather him give up something underneath than give up something behind him the way I see it. Um, Anything else like that, as long as you're not letting guys get behind you, it's a coaching moment, you learn from it. Um, So, yeah, limited action. Got to see the tape to see what he was doing on a consistent basis. But I like what I saw from him. He looks like, uh, I don't want to say he's the top dog yet because I think that's going to be Jonathan Jones. Like with his alignment, usually the best, the, your best corner is typically on the left side because quarterbacks are mostly right-handed and that's where they tend to look. And your second guy is really on the other side. Like Jack Jones was really in the position that he was in a lot last season with Jonathan Jones on the other side. So he's going to be starting constantly. Like that's not a question. Um, but even still, if you if for a guy that's going to be playing virtually every snap of the defense, I'm ready to see what he can do in the regular season. He's a dog. Yep. Yep. Um, I like it. I, 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 I thought he did well tonight. I wanted to point out all of that stuff because I thought he kind of, I, I was just getting reaction from, you know, friends of mine, like, Oh, I don't know about Gonzo. And I was like, and just the way he was portrayed on the broadcast without <laughs> another, you know, in, in some, in some instances or just the way it looked, it looked like he, you know, might've, I thought he was fine. I actually thought he did well with the, I, I, I don't think he's shying away from the physicality either. Uh, you know, I think he had that first play last week where he just got trucked on that first snap yeah. where I just don't <laughs> think he was ready. He came in upright and he just got yeah. knocked back. Uh, but other than that, I thought he's looked pretty good throughout, um, uh, you know, so uh, definitely uh, trending forward. I'd say on one thing I, uh, I didn't love um, 
with the starting defensive line out there. And Lawrence guy was penciled in as a starter, but I don't believe he started there. Yeah, um, no, I actually saw him later, later in the later game. In, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was yeah. Barmore and uh, Devon Gotcha, which isn't, which I mean, could have something to do with the fact that Lawrence Guy did hold out in minicamp. And maybe Barmore's he's just been still a little time. behind, or yeah, maybe, I don't even know or if it's behind, the but maybe they're saying, yeah. okay, we don't know if we can actually rely on you, so they put Barmore in there because he's a guy who's under contract. He's going to be out there for him. I think maybe that had more. To so do those guys that. got shoved around a little bit um, on the ground uh, to start, um, which wasn't uh, you know a terrific sign there. Um, I do think that like when you're looking at this defense and everyone's talking about how how good it can be. I still think there's some question marks. I think they can get gashed a little bit. I'd like to see them a little bit more stout uh, in the interior. They definitely got they, they they definitely got pushed back a little bit uh, when the Packers had committed to the run in those first couple of drives. There, um, that wasn't super impressive. I didn't think. Yeah, and it's also I have to go back. I did see Devon Godchar get moved by a couple of double teams, a but couple, at the same yes. time, but he's yeah, a big dude, uh, yeah, you know, and put on weight, so you don't really like to see that. Um, but at the same time, Barmore is not known for his run defense. Nope. And there's a reason for that. Usually Lawrence Guy, when he's the one who's getting that one. So Devon Gotchaw gets the two guys. Usually what you see is when Lawrence Guy gets the single, he's winning that virtually every time. Yeah. Um, so again, that's why I like to look at the tape when it comes to run defense, because there's so much that goes into it. It's kind of tough live, at least for me, to see what exa- who exactly is at fault. And then you have Dietrich Wise, who, you know, he, he – for the most part, he's solid in run defense, but if a team is really trying to pick on him, they usually can. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that wasn't great. You also saw in the drive where they scored, I think it was the third drive. Um, the 96-yard drive? Yeah, where, like, Emmanuel Wilson was just tearing them up. He had, like, a, like three or four big runs, and they had the eight-yard touchdown run uh, where it looked like Uche got taken advantage of another guy. Oh, on that one, yeah. Uche kind of got caught uh... – inside a little bit and didn't contain and you know yeah, and he, i'm not he, sure if joshua bledsoe was supposed and that to might have been there. musgrave who took him out of the play there I, i'm trying to remember yeah. who that Musgrave's was a good blocker though he doesn't get credit for it but one thing about him was a lot he's of these, a good he's good i really like him like him <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of those athletic tight ends in the draft it was like yeah this guy can't block but it's like yeah but he tries and at the nfl level if you're big and you give it I don't know if we can even swear on this. If you care as a blocker, then an NFL coach will figure it out. Then it's just hand placement leverage and figure out what to do. So, uh, yeah, I thought he did a really good job. And I got to look at the tape, but I also don't think the guys who are exposed in run defense for the most part are guys that you're expecting to shine in that area. Although, Godshaw, I may just have that one play burned in my memory at the beginning where he got moved off the ball. Uh, But, again, usually if one guy is getting those double teams, you expect the guy who's got the single to win and and, uh, shut down those run lanes and – you know, you'd like to see them be more consistent, but at the, at the same time, at the NFL, like unless you're the Chargers and a team can literally run on you at will and just do it all game and you can't stop it, that's not the Patriots. Worst case scenario, you put Carl Davis in there, put Godshine in at three technique, and you're fine. Um, yeah, don't, so don't, put, like Ro- don't put thing, Roberts but, in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. He, he, he played <laughs> well, but there were a couple of plays where it's just like, dude, what are you doing? Uh, what, the, like the rubbing the passer was kind of silly. Did the hands of the face look like hands of the face to you? I don't. I, I don't know if I agreed with it, but I I thought the hands of the face was garbage. Uh, it yeah. was garbage. Yeah, the, the, the refs were not seeing the same game that we were. Apparently. No, you know what, though? Preseason, you call everything a, a lot tighter. Yeah, yeah um, that's fair. I mean, know, but also it's like, it's like point of emphasis. Like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. You know, and it feels so, like we say that, and then in the regular season, it's like they're still doing this crap. Sometimes, so, yeah. it, it, well, in the regular season is, is when they don't know what the hell they're supposed to be doing, right? Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, anything else game related here, Taylor, before we wrap it up? And I do want to tell people, um, there's more football talk coming up here, uh, after we wrap this up. Taylor's gonna get. 
get to work uh, looking at some of the stuff and have some stuff ready for you guys to go up on clnsmedia.com. But the Pats Nation podcast, the guys from Pats Pulpit, will be going live right after this show. It's the late, late show, uh, post-game show with Pat and Matt. Pat Lane, Matt St. Jean are going to bring you their take. They're chomping at the bit to get going. So uh, definitely keep it here. And I'm sorry, Pat and Matt, for keeping you guys waiting. We said we'd go 30. Uh, I think we got thrown for a loop here with the uh, Isaiah Bolden situation and what happened. Um, We are updating just a couple of things on Isaiah Bolden. Um, As we said, the Patriots had released a statement um, saying that he has feelings in all his extremities uh, and uh, he was taken for uh, tests and observations. Some quotes from the Patriots locker room from Matthew Slater. I appreciate. And as you saw on the broadcast, Belichick brought Matthew Slater over to talk to him as kind of the, you know, the, the team leader and the, and you know, the, the spiritual leader of this team who has been for a long time, along with Matt LaFleur uh, Slater says, I appreciate what coach Belichick did tonight. He took the initiative Uh, on ending the game. That was one of the proudest moments I've had as a guy who's played for him for now 16 years to see what he did, Matthew Slater. um, And then Mac Jones, I think Coach Belichick just really did a good job there, talking with Slater and the leadership of the team, obviously handled the situation. Him and Slater did a great job in the locker room, just talking to the team like he always does. Um, So that was great there uh, to hear from those guys on that. Packers coach Matt LaFleur, same thing. Scary situation, one you never want to see in our game. I thought it was in the best interest of both teams. Coach Belichick and I talked in the field to take the action that we took. So I I think that DeMar Hamlin thing really set a template for this kind of thing because – it's always weird, right, Taylor, that like you've seen this stuff before and you see somebody who you consider to be a brother possibly dead. You know, like you don't know, like just in distress, not moving out cold. You have no idea what's going to happen. They cart their lifeless bodies off the field and then they're like, OK, back at it. And like that's just been the norm uh, until the DeMar Hamlin situation, which was so freaking scary because it was obviously such an emergent situation They're They're, they're, they're trying to resuscitate him on the field and people legit thought he had died. Um, and that I think was that kind of that final step, which is like, we can't just go back out here after this kind of thing. So I really do think that that's changed how this, how stuff like this might be handled forever going forward. When situations like this go on, <laughs> you are asking a lot of the players to have them go back out there when you don't have any clue what's going on with the guy. And in a preseason game, I think this is a no brainer situation, but still hats off to those guys. Cause I mean, yeah, it doesn't matter, but it does in terms of evaluation and bottom of the roster and who's going to stick and you're playing guys and they're fighting for their jobs. There's some value in this game. You lost a whole quarter of a preseason game, and I still think it's such an obvious no-brainer thing that they did. So, you know, good on those guys for taking the initiative to immediately discuss it and just call it the way they did in a very definitive way. I mean, yeah, man. Like you saw when I got on the show, like I, I really didn't know what to say. Yeah. Um, even as a spectator, you know, who doesn't know these people on a personal level, it's so, so hard to watch and process. And I remember with the DeMar Hamlin situation, even with the Tua situation during the Bengals game, I wish oh, that they had geez, stopped that Louise. game. I, I, I stopped watching after that uh, happened. I'm like, how the hell are you going to ask these people to play the rest of a game seeing what just happened to that human being? Um, so I'm really glad to see that the league 
is holding these situations with the importance and the gravity that they deserve because frankly i think it's pretty inhumane to expect like yeah these are gladiators and blah 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 but they're human beings and these are truly their brothers like these are people that they have bonds with that we can't understand and to expect them to perform in a game after seeing something like that happen i think is completely insane and i'm really really glad that bill belichick and matt lafleur and you know everybody involved made the decision to say hey we don't need to be doing this anymore because you know let's just reset make sure he's okay and just be human beings for a second i I really appreciated that gesture as as a fan yeah totally um yeah oh sorry one second um uh, yeah, I, 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 I think everyone did. And it was, it was, it was clear uh, they, and it was, you could see it on Bill's face. He's like, we're, 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 we're done here. Um, so, uh, good on them. A uh, couple other things we could discuss, but again, we've got more time throughout the course of the week. We want to leave some meat on the bone for the, for the Pats nation guys. Um, you know, nice to see JJ Taylor do something. We haven't seen yeah. much from the running backs, uh, either Pierre Strong or Kevin Harris. Again, there hasn't been much room, but that's where a guy like Taylor with his elusiveness helps when it's oh, not blocked. Huh? <laughs> I thought you meant me for a second. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> when it's not blocked, you do need somebody who can do a little bit of dancing, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that's something that, that, uh, that Taylor did, and uh, he showed out. Uh, a little bit today. So that was nice. I'm not sure if he's got a spot or not, but certainly those other guys haven't really done anything to kind of grab it uh, for themselves. So a uh, competition yeah. there. Zeke did not play. He was in uniform and he was out there the whole time. Perhaps we see him get some reps later on. Ramondre did get a one yard touchdown. You wonder if those carries are going to go to Zeke in the future. Not really sure, but you kind of imagine that's going to be part of his role there. I think seven I think seven of his 12 touchdowns last year were from one yard out. That's just what he does. I think, yeah, yeah. That's what, that's yeah, what he I'm does. trying to remember the stats. I, I know that like 11 of his 12 were goal-to-go situations. So yeah, yeah, like, yeah. anytime you get in there, uh, yeah, he's a really good player. Yeah. I genuinely am starting to think after seeing – one, let me speak to J.J. Taylor. Yeah, I really liked seeing him. He's been a career practice squad guy. Like He always flashes, especially in the preseason. Like, that's his time to shine where guys who don't take great angles and aren't great tacklers, he really makes them look bad. Um, I would love if this could finally carry over to the regular season and we see something from him. But realistically, I think that the team sees Zeke and Mondre, like Mac Jones called them a one-two punch. Or Mondre Stevenson said that the Patriots always like to have a tandem in the backfield. I really do think that they are basically going to be like what Ramondre and Damian Harris were, but I think they see Zeke as having true three down potential. Whereas Damian Harris is more of an early down guy, short yardage guy. I could see them very much switching off and, you know, Pierre strong hasn't done anything yet to really earn a roster spot. I think just with his skills and where they picked him, he's going to make the roster as long as he's healthy. But I do think that their veteran trio of Ty Montgomery is okay of, you know, Ramondre and Zeke is the guys who are in and out. Um, and then Ty Montgomery in passing situations. If you want a guy who can pick up the blitz and be pretty but good. So, as so can Zeke. That's the thing. Exactly. You know? Yeah. He could cut into that. So who knows if Ty even makes the roster. I just think when you have that, like just having a cemented third down back, I think they always kind of want that guy. And Ty's the only one who's proven that in that capacity, he can do it beyond the two guys who are going to be getting early down carries. So yeah, it's really exciting to see what Zeke did in that second joint practice and get those flashes. Um, And I really think he rounds out the backfield very nicely and can have a role that's bigger than what people expect. What I actually like about the Zeke and Ramondre combo is Zeke is a capable pass catcher and Zeke is tremendous Mm -hmm. at blitz pickup. Um, I, I actually, and I actually see a tandem where 
what you it's a it's a it's a best case scenario you don't have to take people off the field situationally stevenson and zeke can play early down third down short yardage so to me that gives you the flexibility to do a lot of different things with one back on the field as opposed to well James White's in, what do you think they're going to do? You know, like, um, you know, and that's where they've been for so long. They've had, they've been, they've had, you know, running backs who are just so situationally dependent when they're in the game. Oh, well, they run when, when, when Damian Harris is in, they run 77% of the time, you know, when he's in the game, it's just yeah. what it is, you know, like on, uh, in, on early downs, you don't have to worry about that anymore. So I actually like that they have enough versatility between their top two backs now to be able to do that. And then whoever is in there to compliment them, that's great too. You can mix in and out as well. And to be fair, I feel like I understand the mentality, but I feel like the whole, like, Oh, they always know what's coming when he's in the game is a little overrated. Not because always, that, was, that was the same thing with Steven Ridley and Shane Vereen. It was the same thing. Oh, uh, with- just so Tony good Michelle it didn't matter they could White. tell you exactly it's like a, they were like a pitcher through 120 miles an hour like i'm gonna pay, i'm gonna put it right there try and hit it you know like yeah. they were just too good their execution was great but, but also they were predictable they were and i will say don't be surprised because zeke got a lot of care not a lot but like a good amount of reps at fullback as well with tony pollard in the backfield both as a blocker and as a fullback dive kind of guy yeah. so don't be surprised if you see in some of those short yardage situations and the patriots have been doing this like they used wildcat with damian harris they did the split backfields against Cleveland where you saw Damian and Ramondre in the backfield at the same time. I think they're going to get clever with how they use those two. It's not just going to be a rotation. I think that they could get some uh, – everybody calls it pony, uh, where it's like the two running yeah, backs. It's not two, a fullback. Two. It's two real halfbacks. Yeah. Um, I, I, that's going to be fun. I'm excited to see how that develops. I am too. I'm excited for more football. We've got another week of joint practices. Taylor's going to be headed out to Tennessee now as a world traveler. Tried yes. out Green Bay. He's heading to Tennessee taking those joint practices. Uh, so that should be fun too. competitive practices leading up to the third and final preseason game. I'm still, I still haven't wrapped my mind around there not being four, but there's not four. Hey, we get a bye week. I'm not complaining. <laughs> and you get the bye week and that's fine. Uh, once again, shout out to our sponsor, FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash Boston. Take advantage of special offers heading into the football season. If you're not signed up already, that's where you want to be. And again, we got to tell you guys, the Pats Nation podcast coming up now. We're going to sign off and you guys are going to just wait. And then on this channel, boop, more football. It's going to come up almost right away. So don't go anywhere. Uh, well, obviously, you know, stay on the channel. But um, <laughs> just go check it out live coming up. They're going to be live in minutes right here as soon as we sign off. Um, so check those guys out. They're, they're fun. They're entertaining. They know what they're talking about. They love football. Uh, and it's a really good show. And if you want to keep it rolling, uh, jump on there and listen to what those guys have to say. Thank you guys for watching us. Um, follow Taylor here on Twitter and then check out his written work over at clnsmedia.com. And then, uh, like I said, off to Tennessee. We got good coverage uh, all over our channel with a ton of stuff. And again, on top of this stuff, you got Andrew Callahan. You're going to have Greg Bedard, uh, a lot of other uh, prominent Mike Giardi football voices weighing in here uh, with their takes, with uh, stuff coming in the coming days here, wrapping up this game and kind of assessing the situation. Um, so a lot of football content throughout the weekend as we head into the final real active week of Patriots preseason uh, next week. So thanks again, Taylor. Any last words? Go Pats. Hope Go Isaiah Bolden's okay. Go Isaiah. Go Isaiah. Hopefully we wake up tomorrow with some really good news. Uh, we will see you guys later. Thanks again for hanging out.
So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. 